Hey, how you doing, Ignite City Church? Hey, I want to uh, I want to continue um, a little bit where I left off last time. Hebrews chapter two. We left off at verse nine, and it says, "But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone." And notice that it says, uh, "But we see him who for a little while was made lower than." That means before. He was above them. So he's he was in existence before the angels and he was above them. So this is for a little while. This is talking about his incarnation. So we continue with verse 10. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sins to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So the father uh, by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory, should make Jesus, who is the founder of their salvation, perfect through suffering. So there's this process that Jesus went through that he learned things through suffering when he was human. Verse 11, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. And then I want us to jump down to verse 14. Because when we get to verse 18, this is the part that just so blessed my heart this morning. Verse 14, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, speaking of Jesus, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham." And that'd be Abraham, everyone, everyone who's reading this, who, who have a, a background, uh, who, have, who are Israelites, they have, they're Israel, uh, they're part of Israel, they're Jewish people, because you'd have followers of Jesus. I mean, the writer of Hebrews uh, is writing to Jewish Christians, and so he's connecting Abraham to them. Um, but realize that all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus were grafted in. Like we're grafted into the family of God. We are part of this. We are part of the people of God. Uh, so he continues on and he says, verse 17, therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the servant, um, sorry, in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Guys, think about that. He had to be made like his brothers, us, his like brothers and sisters, us. He, he had to be made like humanity in every respect so that, here's the reason, he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Friends, we have a God who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses because he knows our frame, according to Psalm 103. He knows our frame. He knows we're of dust. The reason he knows our frame is because he became human. Even later on in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about the fact that uh, like he understands everything that we go through. Uh, verse 14 of chapter 4, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, with yet without sin. Because of that, like he was tempted in every way, yet without sin, but he gets us. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. Because of that, verse 16 of chapter 4, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That moves me to verse 18 of chapter 2, where he says this, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, and listen, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Friends, I asked somebody, I asked a friend of mine uh, this question um, in a text 
Um, so how do you picture, or what do you picture Jesus doing or feeling when you're tempted? I don't want us to just go with our feelings on because I just made this in my imagination. I want my feelings to always be connected and and grounded upon what God has what God has revealed in His Scriptures. And so I can feel something so long as it's based upon truth and not just what it is that I prefer. And so when I read this verse, what do I feel? What what comes to my mind? What do I picture? Or how do I picture Jesus responding when temptation comes my way? How I picture him responding is one who is merciful. He's sympathetic because he's been tempted in every way yet without sin. But because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help. He helps those who are being tempted. Friends, when we're being tempted, Jesus is not standing in a corner looking at us in judgment, thinking, saying, or saying to himself or to whoever is listening, how dare they be tempted? He knows that temptation is going to come. It's going to happen. Friends, he was tempted. So being tempted is not the sin. It's what do we do with the temptation? If I fall into temptation, if I follow the temptation because I want to gratify sinful desires, I want to I want to experience the sin because of what it is that I my flesh is desiring, but it's not to honor God at all. It's just because this is what I want and it's in rebellion to what it is that God has set up, then that becomes sin. But the temptation, the thought, the feeling that comes my way to go do those things against God That thought or feeling is not the temptation, but temptation is going to come. And what is God's, what is, what is Jesus's uh, disposition when it is that we're tempted? He wants to help. He's gone through it. He sympathizes with us in our weakness. He's gone through all the things that we would ever be tempted by and yet never sinned. And so he is what? He is able to help those who are being tempted, not who have been tempted in the past, but aren't now, but everyone who is being tempted. So that's all of us. And what is Jesus wanting to do? He's wanting to help all of us. And you said there, go, but Brian, there are temptations that it just, they keep coming. They never stop. Friends, we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, back here at verse cha- uh, chapter 10, verse uh, verse 12. Let's start in verse 12 because well, the key one is verse 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. I can't walk arrogantly and think, well, because I know Jesus and because I've seen some victory in my life, I'm not going to fall. I'm, I'm awesome. I've made it. No, 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 no. I think it's in context. Read 12 and 13 together. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. And he says this, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Temptation will come. And it is common to us as men and women. We're going to experience temptation. But what's the next thing it says after that? God is faithful. So we hear, we see in Hebrews that Jesus is able to help those who are being tempted. And we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In other words, he's going to help you. He's going to help us. When we're tempted, we are not sinning. When we fall into that temptation, when I decide to turn away from following Jesus and to fall into that sin, to to buy into it and to accept it and to do, um, to live out that temptation, that's sin. 
And there's always grace and mercy available. And I can always, I can always repent, but I don't take advantage of the grace of God and saying, well, I'm going to sin so I could come back. Then I can sin again. I can come back and I repent. Friends, I'm convinced that when people say those kind of things, they have that kind of mentality. It's not Jesus that they love. It's themselves. And I question at times, is it really Jesus that you've surrendered to? If a person is never pricked in heart and never and never convicted by sin, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. And so if a person to say, well, I never experienced conviction, guys, I think that's a telltale sign that the Holy Spirit is not in that person and therefore they're not in right relationship with God. But for those who've given their lives to Christ, they've surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus saying that we wanna follow him. We're his disciples. We love him more than anything. And because we love him, we want to obey him and to bring him honor and glory. And there will be times where we will fall into temptation and we will experience conviction and will desire to repent in order to not go back to that, uh, in order to go back to that sin, but to continue to move forward by the grace of God in living lives that are set apart in order to bring honor and glory to Jesus because we deem him worth, worthy, because we deem him worthy and worth it. And we want to honor him in everything that we do. God is faithful when we are tempted and he'll not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, which all of us will experience and Jesus wants to help us through, God will also provide the way of escape that you may be, be that you may be able to endure it. In other words, he'll provide the help necessary. He won't let us be tempted beyond our ability to endure, uh, beyond our ability, but by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit in us, he'll provide the way of escape. Show us, hey, this is a way to get out of it so you don't fall into that temptation. You can get out of it. Why? So we can endure it. We can endure it. In other words, he wants to help. Friends, Jesus knows that we will be tempted. It's part of it. We're tempted all the time. If we if we're honest, we're tempted with everything. And when that happens, when temptation comes, instead of hiding it from God, we go straight to him and say, God, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. God, I don't like being tempted by this. Would you help me so that I don't fall into it? And then make decisions so that we're not as close as we can, pressing up our, our faces against the fence so we can see the sin, um, but we're not doing it. Friends, when we're doing that and there's marks on our face as if a chain link fence is, is keeping us from actually jumping into sin or jumping into the temptation by sinning, friends, we are way too close. We, we, our desire should be all, always focused and looking at Jesus, never at our sin, always at Jesus. And when temptation comes, we call out to him and we say, Jesus, this is where I'm struggling because he wants to help. He wants to help and he will give us everything necessary so that we can stand up under it. We can endure the temptation so that we can bring him honor and glory. Guys, that is freeing. That is freeing. So friends, I hope that's an encouragement to you and also a challenge that is continue to be honest before God. Confess what it is that we're dealing with. Confess the temptation that comes. And if we fall into that sin, we confess it and we repent and we want to get back and being restored into intimacy with God. Friends, let's trust in the grace of God and let's trust him. Hey, he wants to help us because he doesn't want us to fall into sin. He doesn't want us to, uh, we don't, he doesn't want us to give into temptation because sin is destructive and all that it brings about is death. Nothing that's good. He wants us to have life and life abundant. What a great God we serve. Jesus is so amazing. Jesus is so worth it. And I hope that you see it in that passage. Friends, I hope, like I said before, I hope this is an encouragement to you. Love you more than you know, and we'll see you later.